Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Okay, so let's see what's going on today. Well, I think Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis once again is coming to the rescue. Once again, Ron DeSantis is coming to the rescue as he's the only one, the only one who will go after, who will go after Big Pharma. Ron DeSantis is the only person who will go after Big Pharma. That's it. Nobody else. And so Ron DeSantis is once again, along with his great, along with his great uh, attorney general there, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Surgeon General uh, Joseph Ladapo, 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 I think is how you pronounce his name. He has um, decided that he's going to investigate the COVID-19 vaccines and their safety. We know they're not effective. We know COVID-19 vaccines are not effective. We've all discussed that many times. There's, there's nothing effective about the COVID-19, uh, about the COVID-19 um vaccines. But now we know that they're not even safe. They're not safe. They're just simply not safe. And we see young people getting myocarditis and heart issues. We see excess deaths going up. We see people reporting blood clots, blood clot issues. And so all these obvious side effects that have been, we've heard about these side effects being reported to VARES, the side effects reporting system, and we know that usually it's only about 1% of the actual side effects are reported. So no one has looked into this. No, Of course, there's no journalist who's talked about it. There's no journalist who's investigated it. No interest whatsoever of the mainstream media to talk about this or investigate it or even mention it. In fact, when you mention it, they call you a crazy conspiracy theory person as though this is the interesting thing about this. As though there is no way the vaccine can hurt people. This is no way. It's impossible for a vaccine that was hardly ever tested to hurt people in the short term or long term. There's no way a booster that was only tested on eight blind mice to hurt anybody. There's no way. It's inconceivable. How could you think about such a thing? How do you think about a medical procedure? This vaccine is a medical procedure. We see medical, all kinds of medical procedures, not just medical procedures, but I'll, I'll give a better analogy. Medicine. We see all kinds of side effects, bad side effects with medicine. It's constantly happening. And often someone will be prescribed medication by a doctor and they'll have side effects to it, right? You actually read it. Has anyone out there ever gotten a prescription? You get a prescription and it comes with a a list of side effects. Usually there's about 8,000 possible side effects. And they list those because they don't want to be held liable. And so they list any possible, any slightly possible side effects okay to to the uh to the medicine and so <laughs> what's what's truly amazing is that this is a common thing everyone knows this happens okay everyone knows that you can get side effects bad things can happen from medication there's no doubt about this there's no discussion there's no arguing we know it 
That's why they're listed. And often people will have side effects, and so they'll adjust. The doctors will adjust, right? Because your body chemistry is different than someone else's body chemistry, and so they'll adjust the medicine. Sometimes there are very bad side effects, and they're actually listed. If you read those, by the way, I, I don't recommend reading the side effects when you get a medication, when you get a prescription, because it, 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 most, even the most banal <laughs> prescriptions, medications out there, they list possible side effects as like seizures, death, so on and so forth. And so they do this once again for liability purposes. And there's no discussion or argument over this. No sane person will say, no, medications can have side effects to them. No, medications can kill people. Watch a big pharma ad on television. Not for the vaccine, of course, but for everything else. Big pharma. And, you know, the person will list them very, very fast. Side effects. Very fast. Like they'll get like 85,000 side effects in, in 10 seconds. I don't know how they read so fast. I talk fast. I'm a New Yorker and I couldn't talk that fast. But, you know, if you slow it down, it's like possible side effects are, you know, headaches, cramps, nausea, vomiting. And it keeps on getting worse and worse, right? Well, they'll say, you know, stroke, blood clots, and they'll keep on going and going and going. And this, once again, is for liability purposes. So they're telling you these things can happen. Okay, these 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 are possible things that can happen to you if you take this medication. So. Once again, there's no discussion over this. There's no arguing over this. This is a known thing. It happens. So it's really amazing that people can't make that logical leap that these vaccines, which is something they're putting inside your system, and unlike a pill, there's not there's no getting this out of your system, right? With the pills, you got to take two pills a day or a pill a day. Why? Because they leave your system. They have a very short shelf life. The vaccines are they have a much longer shelf life. So to think that there can't be any short-term or long-term side effects with a vaccine just isn't logical. It's actually very dumb to believe that. And yet we have a media that has not looked into any, not one person in the media that I know of, other than maybe the, the, the what do you call them, the, 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 uh, the alternative media, has gone on VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, on the, on the CDC website, looked at them, looked at those side, looked at the people who were reporting and investigated it. Not one, not one, because they must continue their false narrative of safe and effective. They continue to even say effective. Do you notice that? They continue to, to, to tell the lie that it stops the spread. They actually continue to say that. So they don't care about facts. They don't care about evidence. And not one person in the press and not one politician that I know of has said, let's investigate these side effects. Let's investigate whether they knew these would be side effects and they didn't tell you just the way they tell you all the time in those ads, those big pharma ads when it comes to medication on television. OK, never once. And God knows here and sit here in California, they're constantly they're still running these fucking vaccine ads. Right? They're still running these ads here in California. They, they won't stop running them, in fact. And never in any of the ads of the vaccine do they ever mention the words side effects. Now, you tell me how that makes any sense. All this medication, no matter what it is, from the simplest medication for blood pressure, right, diabetes, to, to more extreme, like for hepatitis and hepatitis C, there's a, a, a litany of side effects that they list. 
But no, these COVID vaccines, oh, they're side effect free. What a magical potion this must be. A magical potion this must be. So this, of course, is not just anti-intellectual. This is not just anti-science. This is total bat crap crazy. And so we've seen nothing. We've seen no discussion over this. The Atlantic today writes, hilariously, this is a real heading. This is the real headline of an article in the Atlantic. Okay. Medium COVID could be the most dangerous COVID. After you're infected, the first few months may pose the greatest threat. So the first few, this, this, this jackass, Benjamin Mazur of the Atlantic, once again, the Atlantic, we, we've talked about the Atlantic, right? As being like the worst of the worst with COVID misinformation and misinformation in general about any subject from A to Z. But the Atlantic, medium COVID. So this moron, Ben, ben Mazur, says the first few months of infection is considered medium COVID. Medium, what's medium rare COVID? I like, I like my COVID medium rare. How do you like your COVID? Well done? Well, will it ever be well done? Will Fauci ever allow? Will the will, will assholes like Benjamin Mazur at the Atlantic and quacks like Anthony Fauci ever say COVID is well done? I doubt it. I don't think so. But this is not medium COVID. Maybe long COVID. Now we have medium COVID. I just saw an article saying that long COVID has killed 3,500 people. There is no evidence of any of this, by the way. If, you, if there's evidence, if someone out there saying, oh, Mike, yes, there, show me the evidence that 3,500 people have died of long COVID. I want, I want the evidence of that. There is none. This is all made up shit to keep this going, to scare you, to keep this in the media, because this gets, once again, this has generated a lot of hits for these papers online and uh, social media, a lot of views on television. A lot of it's made people like Fauci very wealthy. So they don't want to let it go. So now they're writing about long COVID and me- making up things. They're making this up. When they tell you 3,500 people have died of long COVID, it's totally made up. When they make up something called medium COVID, this reporter, this uh, reporter, slap myself in this writer, Mazur, made that term up, medium COVID. There is no scientific term, medium COVID. Is there a medium flu? Do you go to the doctor and he goes, well, Mike, I think you got, I'd say you got medium flu. What the fuck are you talking about, doc? Medium flu, Mike, medium. This is so moronic. It's so utterly moronic. And yet the articles continue to be written. People continue to believe it. And so on and so forth in a never-ending cycle. So I'm in the elevator today. I'll get to Ron DeSantis in a second. I think I have some better clips to play of him. Yeah, here's one right here. Maybe we'll wait until more people come in. Everyone's sleeping? Anyway, um, uh, let's see. So Ron DeSantis. Okay, so I'm in the elevator in my building today, and... (laughs) <laughs> I overhear a woman. This is this is my luck. It is, it is a lucky thing. I mean, I step into the elevator, and there's a woman next to me with her friend, and and uh, she says to her, she's looking at her cell phone and she's texting someone, and and she says to her friend, oh, "Julie has COVID for the fourth time. I can't believe she has COVID for the fourth time. She has all of her vaccines and boosters. How is it possible?" That's what she says. 
And then she says, and this made me very happy. She said, I haven't had any of these shots. And I'm thinking, I didn't ask her, but I, the, the, it inferred that she either maybe have had COVID once or never had it. And she can't believe that her friend who's had all the vaccines and all the boosters, um, have had COVID, has had COVID four times. And it's amazing to me. And then there's another guy in the elevator and he overhears and he kind of giggles and he, 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 he says to her jokingly, you're the one giving it to everybody. He says, no, I'm just kidding. Then he says, come on, the vaccines are really just to make sure we don't end up dead. And I'm thinking everyone has misinformation here. Everyone has misinformation. I'm glad he knows the vaccines don't stop the spread. Hey, at least we're halfway there. At least we're halfway there. But of course, this bullshit that you're not going to die if you get the vaccines is nonsense. More, we know more vaccinated people are. Look, they're not even showing the numbers for a reason, right? If the numbers show that 99% of the people dying of COVID are unvaccinated, they would fucking tell us that. But they're not giving us any numbers. They're not, they're not delineating who's vaccinated, who's not, because they don't want to. Because they know the majority of people who are dying of COVID are vaccinated. The majority of people getting COVID are vaccinated. The majority of people getting COVID several times, as this woman said, are vaccinated. And so people are like, but she was dumbfounded as to how her friend who has gotten all of the boosters has had COVID four times now, and she has never had this and never had the, the shot. So, <laughs> yes, right, Daniel. Yeah, four positive tests. Yes, whatever. Four positive tests. And um, because, you know, I guess people are hypochondriacs now, so every time they get a cold, uh, you know, they're, what do you call it? They're... Uh, they think they have COVID or they go out and get a COVID test. So, um, so she tested positive four times. So she got all of her boosters and she still tested positive for COVID four times. And it, it, people just can't get it through their heads that this is not effective. It's just not, it doesn't stop the spread. So once you get it into your head, once you can like grasp that COVID doesn't stop the spread, once you can like grasp that fact, then you're not amazed anymore that someone who's gotten all the boosters has tested positive several times. It's, 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 it's going to happen because it doesn't stop the spread. You see, it doesn't stop the spread. And obviously there's also a, a, another element to this that not only does it not stop the spread, but it seems as though the people who get more boosters get COVID more times. People who get more boosters test positive more often. So all this needs to be investigated. All this needs to be investigated. It's one thing for it not to stop the spread. It's another thing for it to give you COVID, right? It's, it's, it's one thing for it not to stop the spread. It's another thing that gives you heart problems, okay? So I think everyone could live with a shit vaccine that just doesn't stop the spread as long as everyone can admit to that. Just admit it was a shit vaccine, didn't work. Good college try, didn't work. And uh, in the future, we, we, we shouldn't try to make vaccines in two and a half weeks, we we can learn from this, right? We could we could we could. What's this core thing? A teachable moment? Isn't that the new term? The teachable moment. This can be a teachable moment that we don't have a. Like I said, Operation Warp Speed on my hamburger, the diner, absolutely. Operation Warp Speed on something I order from Amazon, I I want it. Operation Warp Speed on a vaccine for disease. No, I think we can take our time from now on. So once we wrap our heads around all this stuff, we can come to a logical conclusion, and we can come to some you know, common sense altogether and a critical mass and, and learn from the, from this as we move along. But the problem is people don't want to learn from it. People just want to continue to believe that it works. 
because they invested so much. You see, people invested so much emotion into this. They invested so much of their life and their belief of getting back to normal into this. They invested belief that they can't get sick once they get these. They invested so much into it, physically, emotionally, psychologically, that they can never let go. And I believe many, many people, I don't know if it's the percentage, I can't give it to you. I don't know if it's the majority. Good number of people that will never admit the vaccines were shit. And will keep getting boosters on top of that. But think about that. I mean, just stop. Stop getting these things. Stop. Stop. How many times do I have to say that if something worked, you don't need to do it every other month? Okay? If these things work, you wouldn't need to get a booster every other fucking month. Because, like, if it works, that means it works. You don't got to keep doing it over and over again. So, once again, going back to the fact that we are learning more and more how ineffective these are, and we're learning more and more how unsafe they are. And the only way we're going to know exactly how much damage they've done is if we investigate and we look into it and we start to see the people who are dying at a young age people who are healthy we go in we find the group of people who are healthy the people who are very healthy who had another no issues and they died they dropped dead they didn't wake up or they got blood clots or they had seizures whatever it may be and we start looking at those people and doing autopsies and finding out exactly what the reason was we haven't done that there's no medical examiner who puts vaccine as a possible as even a possible cause of death they don't do it why because they'd be fired if they did it there may be some out there who want to do it who wish they could do it but they can't so there's not one death certificate of any young person okay that has died that has gotten a or gotten a heart attack or a blood clot as covid vaccine not one now, does that make any sense whatsoever? Once again, after I just went through a litany of all the side effects that medications have, just regular everyday medications. So Ron DeSantis, once again, is the only person who actually is looking into this and is having his great young uh, Surgeon General of Florida, Ladapo, looking into this. And they are simply going to find the facts. And if the facts lead them to these vaccines being as poisonous as many of us think they are, then they're going to sue. Then they're going to sue. They're going to sue Big Pharma. And here, here, here's the amazing thing about all this. This is a Republican. This is, this is what I was told before COVID. This is what I was told before I became more of a uh, libertarian or conservative or whatever you want to call it. This is what I was told when I was supporting uh, Barack Obama or, or then, then, then Bernie Sanders twice. I was told Republicans love Big Pharma, that they would never go after Big Pharma. They were in the back pockets of Big Pharma, that they needed Big Pharma to win their campaigns. That Democrats were the ones, that progressives especially, not necessarily establishment Democrats. Although establishment Democrats will tell you that they are the ones who fight Big Pharma. Of course, we know that's total bullshit. 
But the progressives certainly told us that they were the ones who were going to fight Big Pharma and the horrible establishment Democrats and horrible Republicans like Ron DeSantis would never go after Big Pharma. They were totally beholden to Big Pharma. And here's Ron DeSantis, a Republican, an actual establishment, more like Reagan Republican, going after Big Pharma. The only one. Of course, we've heard libertarian Republican Rand Paul criticizing Fauci a lot. So I don't want to leave out Rand Paul. Because Rand Paul has done a a great job. I I don't want to pretend he hasn't. But Ron DeSantis is the only governor. Only governor who's doing this. And it's really amazing that the kind of response that he's getting, the kind of response he's getting isn't, oh, thank you. The only high-profile politician to to actually do something about this. No, people are are saying the most asinine things. There are actual leftists. There are leftists on Twitter calling him authoritarian. Now, does that make any sense? Does it make any sense to call the guy that opened schools earliest, ended the lockdowns the earliest, didn't didn't force people to get a medical procedure that doesn't work and could very well be very dangerous. That person is the authoritarian, not the person. See, this is the backwards Trump slash DeSantis slash Musk derangement syndrome mind. The diseased mind is that people who locked us down, people who made you get a vaccine to keep your job, to support your family, to stay with a roof over your head. People who close the schools and set kids back two years. They're not the authoritarians. The people fighting against that are the authoritarians. So this is the upside down, ass backward world we're living in. That That's what this is. And it's amazing to me. It's truly amazing to me. That a guy going after Big Pharma is the authoritarian. Like, Big Pharma is, like, so weak. <laughs> like, Big Pharma is, isn't is the bully. Ron DeSantis is the bully. This is how crazy things have gotten, folks. Ron DeSantis is the big bully going after Big Pharma. Only authoritarians go after Big Pharma. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely insane. It's truly insane. Let me see if I can cue this up. Because I've talked enough. Let Ron DeSantis talk for himself. We in a situation, yes, Florida, we banned vaccine passports almost two years ago. We banned uh, the shot mandates for jobs and saved a lot of people's jobs. Nevertheless, throughout our country, you still have hundreds of universities in other states that are still mandating these boosters on these college kids. When any type of cost-benefit analysis would say the benefit for them taking the shot, as you as you alluded to, it doesn't prevent them from getting infected or spreading it anyways. The benefit is minuscule, uh, but as Joe Latipo and other studies have shown, you know there is a risk for doing it. So why can't? Our medical establishment acknowledged that. Why the deception? Why have they continued to do this for two years? There you go. Perfect. Perfectly logical reasoning. Perfectly logical reasoning. Okay? That there's very, very little, very, very little benefit for the people who are getting the most side effects. 
we know that, that myocarditis is mostly young people. This is what we know right now. I wouldn't be surprised if more information comes out and shows that everyone got it, even older people. But right now, there's certainly a lot of evidence that shows that young people, teenagers, people in their 20s and 30s, are the ones who are getting it the most. And those are the people who are at the least danger of COVID, you see. So, but there's no one, including that that evil Fauci, saying, you know what? The cost-benefit is a little shaky. Of course, I'm understating it. The cost-benefit's a little shaky. A little shaky there with the younger people. So I, I don't recommend... 18 to 39 year olds see a real doctor would say that a real doctor would say that a real doctor would say no if you're 18 you probably have a better chance of getting a side effect from this of some kind even a mild one than getting covid bad and dying so i'd say as your doctor i'm going to say no the cost benefit isn't worth it i'd pass on this just just get the, the flu shot that's what a real doctor would say. I'm sure there are a lot of real doctors out there who are saying that. I'm sure that although in California you can be you you could lose your job for saying that because the you have to you have to you have to only promote the Newsom the Orwellian government mandated narrative, the government approved narrative. If you're a doctor in California, of course they're suing on that and they'll win. Um, but uh, see that, that that's true authoritarianism, by the way. In the in the real world of sane people of sane thinking. That's not a clown call world. That's authoritarianism. When the government tells your doctor what they can and can't say, and the government says, well, if you if you go off this script, you're going to lose your license. That That's true authoritarianism, okay? So the fact is that Ron DeSantis and Joe Ladapo in Florida have done that already. They've said, no, 18 to 39-year-olds do not get this. We're not – in fact, I, I, I can't be for sure about this. I don't think they're allowed. I know they definitely advise that group not to get it. I'm not sure if they have mandated it medically that you can't give those shots to 18 to 30. I'm not sure what, what exactly what the deal is. But I know they've at least said that if you're 18 to 39, they've advised you do not. You do not get the uh, the vaccine. So that's what I'm talking about. That, it's that kind of thing that is incredibly logical. It's incredibly reasonable. And yet... You have Fauci out there doing his usual one-size-fits-all bullshit because that's what makes the most money for Big Pharma. If you eliminate the 18 to 39, let's say you eliminate, you know, infants to 39-year-olds, that's a lot of fucking money Big Pharma is going to lose. That's a lot of people. A lot of people. So Fauci will never say that, even though it's better for us. It's better for humanity. It's better for the people. It's better for the patients. To give that advice, Fauci won't do that because it loses money for big pharma. It loses money for big pharma. So, and on top of that, also the one-size-fits-all bullshit with masks and everything else that comes along with that, where younger people simply don't have to be concerned with such things at all. But once again, why only Ron DeSantis? Why only Ron DeSantis? And you have people who actually have the nerve to call Joe Ladapo a quack, not Tony Fauci. The people just reelected Ron DeSantis and, in effect, Joe Ladapo by a million and a half votes in Florida. 
That includes a lot of Democrats, because you can't win by a million and a half votes in Florida unless you have a shitload of Democrats and independents. So they seem to think that Joe Ladapo is not a quack. They seem to think that Ron DeSantis is not an authoritarian. Because why would a million and a half people, including Democrats, Latinos, blacks, independents, vote for a Republican, a Reagan Republican, a establishment Republican, if they thought at all that his Surgeon General it was a quack or that he was an authoritarian? No, you see, they don't, because he's not, you see. In fact, quite the opposite. People there are happy that their politician, their leader, the governor, is actually fighting for them. Actually fighting for them and not Big Pharma. They like that. How crazy are those Floridians? They like that the person elected is actually fighting for the people who elected him. How crazy that is. I mean, that's just insane, isn't it? No, it's the dick schmuck fuckheads outside Florida who are saying things like Ladapo's a quack and DeSantis an authoritarian. It's the shit libs who have been brainwashed into believing that Gavin Newsom, their hair gel king, has their best interest in mind. It's, he has their best interest in mind by telling the, the stores they couldn't open for two years, telling kids they couldn't go to school for two years, by telling you to wear a mask, but then he doesn't, telling you not to have dinners with your family, but then he, he has a fancy dinner. He, he's the guy who's on your side. Only a sickness can cause that. Only a true derangement syndrome can cause such thinking in people. Only a true derangement syndrome can look at the education, the, the level of education of the children of Florida versus California, look at the economy of Florida versus California, look at tourism in Florida versus California, and come to the, come to the conclusion that California is in better shape. Look at the uh, price of... Uh, of, uh, of, of groceries in Florida, California. Look at the price of gas, Florida, California. I'll, I'll keep going. Because only a true, but this is a sickness. So it's not, it, it's, it's impossible. And as I continue to say, I could have turned to that woman in the elevator today and said, because the shocks aren't effective because they're causing COVID. I could have turned to the guy and say, no, you dick, no. You know, I'm glad you understand that the vaccines don't stop the spread, but the vaccines do not prevent death. What prevents death is a weakening virus, nature's weakening virus, which happens with all viruses. They weaken and natural immunity and the fact that 98 to 100 percent of us have gotten it already. That's what weakens the virus and causes less, less, less bad outcomes. Fewer. That's not the vaccine. Now, I could have done that. But what's the point? What is the point as we go into the fifth calendar year of this? 2023 will be the fifth calendar year of COVID-19. Do your math. What's the point at this point of, of trying to get through to people who obviously don't want you to get through to them? And it truly is. You know, I don't. People think I joke and I'm being sarcastic when I say this whole mental illness, which causes this reverse think, this, this ridiculous upside down thought process, is a mental illness. So it would be like me going out into the street and some guy who's talking to himself, wearing his pants, hanging down by his knees, me going over and saying, you know, why are you talking to yourself and wearing your pants down by your knees? And thinking he's going to say, oh, Jesus, I shouldn't be doing that. It's the same fucking thing. It's a mental illness. So how do you cure a mental illness? Well, drugs, therapy. I suppose we can invent a drug to create to to combat derangement syndrome 
oh, we can put people in therapy or we can ignore them. I mean, that's what we do with most of these people on the streets, right? We just ignore them. We know going up to them and talking to them is, is, is going to be a, 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 not only is it not going to work, it probably can cause bigger problems, right? So it's the same thing now. I mean, we tried. You know, it's just like interventions with people who are ill, who people who are alcoholics or drug addicts. You try as long as you can, right? And then you just got to let the people hit rock bottom. So maybe these people with this derangement syndrome have to just hit like rock bottom, right? Maybe they have to get to the point where they're like maybe 10 years in their homes, they'll be, it'll be enough. Maybe 10 years wearing masks for them will be enough. Maybe they'll they'll just get tired of, of 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 it after a while. Just the way maybe some people just they hit rock bottom. And they're tired of being alcoholics. They're tired of being drug addicts. They wanna they want to get better. Maybe that's what has to happen. Because it is the exact same thing. And and talking is not going to work. Talking is not going to work. Just like going up to that person who's talking to themselves and wearing their pants by their knees is not going to prevent stop them from talking to themselves and picking their pants up. Telling someone now those vaccines don't stop the spread or those vaccines don't stop bad illness or those those vaccines don't uh, prevent death or those masks aren't going to prevent you from getting It's not worth it now. None of those people are going to say, oh, really? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mike, for that information. No, because the information's out there. They've heard it a million times. They don't care. They don't care. They don't want to get better. And if someone doesn't want to get better, they should be left on their own to hit rock bottom. I think they will. I think at some point they will. I really do. I'm not sure exactly when, but I, I'm, I'm sure at some point, at, at some point they'll hit rock bottom. So yes, DeSantis will look into this and DeSantis will hopefully do something and DeSantis will hopefully, hopefully lead the way. And maybe other people, once he leads the way, will catch on and follow him. But this is basically what he's doing now. He says Florida will hold the medical establishment accountable by, these are the things they're going to do, creating a grand jury to investigate mRNA shots and big pharma, investigating cardiac-related deaths tied to the mRNA vaccine, and forming a public health integrity committee to oversee the medical establishment. So basically what they want to do is, uh, this is this is what I was hoping, this is what I'm hoping the next president will do, Ron DeSantis, that is. And I've talked about this many times, of, of defunding and dismantling the CDC. That's what needs to be done. Not that we don't necessarily need something, but in this current state, we don't need it anymore. It's pointless. Many people don't, you know follow what they say. They don't care what they say anymore. It's like the boy that cried wolf. And that's very dangerous, right? That's very dangerous because let's say something comes along and uh, they put out an advisory and people just don't believe it anymore. That's, it's dangerous people not to believe this agency, right? So the fact of the matter is that we need a new agency. We need a new agency, maybe one that actually controls disease. Like I've said many times, when's the last time they've controlled a disease? They actually have control of this one. So they talk a lot. 
they, they, they like to demand a lot. They like to be authoritarians, but they haven't controlled. They've controlled people. They haven't controlled. They, the people they've controlled, at least for a certain amount of time. They should be the centered CPC, the Centers for People Control, because they've controlled people. But the disease of COVID has not been afraid of the CDC, and they certainly haven't controlled it at any point over the last three years. So this is what we need. This is basically what he's doing in Florida. This is the Florida state version of, of defunding and dismantling and rebuilding the CDC. That's what he and I'm hoping that's what he would do on a national level. If he were to become president. These are exactly the things he's doing. You know, he's not saying we're just going to get rid of these agencies and move along and never deal with them again, never have them anymore. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is things like forming a public health integrity committee to oversee the medical establishment. So there's more voices, you see, not just quacks, not just myopic people who have medical degrees, who, who only can see things one particular way. You need those people. But you also need people with other, other, other aspects of life, other strengths they can bring to it, other points of view they can bring to it. So when when an evil bastard like Fauci just sloughs it off to sloughs all these side effects and things that have happened in society off to, oh, well, collateral damage. That's what he says. Right. And he says it as though it's nothing. The, the elitist prick collateral damage. No, no. There are people who could have said, like myself, who's not a doctor, but certainly has been out there, is is well aware of politics and and current events and has uncommon sense, could say, wait a minute, before you do these things, let's look at the the side effects. Let's look at the negative things that can come of it and see if it's worth it or see if we can adjust it. That's what we needed. And that's what we didn't have, you see. You didn't have business owners. You didn't have chamber of commerce. You didn't have parents. Didn't have any of these things. Okay? Saying, wait a minute, let's take a look at this. And so that's what he wants to do. All this is great stuff. All this is great stuff. And I'm glad there are some comments saying, thank goodness this is happening. Of course, Gavin Newsom isn't doing such a thing. So on and so forth. Um, but... <laughs> It's truly insane how he's getting so much pushback on this stuff. He's getting so much pushback on this stuff. What everyone should be saying, thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing this, please, Governor DeSantis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wish my governor would do it. I wish Newsom would do this. I wish Hochul would do this. I wish Pritzker would do this. Hey, Daniel, how's it going? Well, the only pushback that he's really getting is from the mainstream medium, which we know we can't trust. So I just want to make, want to make that clear. Um, That's true. Um, so I think the... Um, we're not well, there, but there are here. people, there are regular people who believe this also, if you look on Twitter. Well, of course there are. Yeah, yeah. Of course there are, but we're not getting a true picture of how much pushback that there actually is toward DeSantis because that which is occurring is coming mainly from the mainstream media and is being amp and, and that which is homegrown or, or is uh, amplified by the mainstream media. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it, you know, but <laughs> but this is this is I mean, this is something that's long overdue. This is something is if someone, you know, if we had done this, we had a consort effort to do this a year ago, year and a half ago, 
we could have prevented a lot of these deaths, right? Because people who were young and people who were young and as you and I know, at no danger of dying of COVID would not have taken those vaccines. And once again, the mandates were a big part of it. As, as, as DeSantis mentions, the mandates are a big reason why a lot of young people did this. Most young people knew they were in very little danger and would not have taken these vaccines unless they were one mandated and two, we weren't told it would get us back to normal. A lot of people did it for that reason too. And they were both bullshit reasons. They were were both lies. And DeSantis is absolutely correct for downplaying the significance of the CDC and our present society and wanting to replace it. We have known, as we have talked about many times since early in 2020, that those who succumbed to a COVID-19 infection were people that had diabetes and hypertension, uh, COPD. These were people mostly that were obese and were smokers. And so all the CDC, if they want, if they really cared, given that they all, that everyone in the CDC, and, and Redfield hinted at this, by the way, every one of them should, should have known that this MRA, the mRNA vaccines were very unlikely to, to, to cause much of a, or to have much of an effect size with respect to severe disease. And weren't, they were totally unlikely to be sterilizing. That is, uh, we're not going to prevent transmission. We're not going to prevent infection. Everyone in the CDC had to have known that because people that, like myself, who haven't practiced, you know, I'm, I'm a physician that does research just like Jay Bhattacharya, and, and neither one of us has ever practiced. We went into research afterwards. We knew because we went to the same medical school education as every other physician. We knew that these mRNA vaccines weren't going to prevent transmission and infection. We knew that they're highly unlikely to prevent severe disease. And and so so we come along at this point and 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 DeSantis says, yes, we need something besides the CDC. Well, yeah, he's it's damn straight we do, because if if these the CDC who had to have known that these MRA vaccines were about, going to be as about as effective as we know they are now, then if if they knew that, they would have said to every single human being on the planet, mostly to Americans, if you want to prevent, if you want to reduce your chances of succumbing to this disease, drop weight, stop smoking. Those two those two factors, with for most people, with, with most with, with uh, Given that most people that are overweight or obese um, are, are probably in the 30 to 40 pound range overweight, um, within six months, they could have dropped those pounds. We could have had a society that was back to looking like the 1970s within seven months, six, seven months. We could easily have had that. And there would have been no need, not one bit of need for these vaccines, not one bit. And we know this because we can go across the globe and we can look at uh, at countries in which the obesity rate is very, very low in the 4% range. And they're not seeing any COVID deaths. Look at Japan. Not seeing it. Look at Bangladesh. Not seeing anything. Look at most of Africa. Not seeing anything. It's no big mystery. Instead, 
They pushed a very, very, very costly vaccine on us. And in order to push that very, very costly vaccine and make it appear to work, or at least try to maximize its ability to work, they did lockdowns. And that was the only reason, that was the only possible justification for doing lockdowns was if they thought on the horizon there was a very safe and very effective vaccine. And if we could only delay um, people, if we could only isolate people until that was available, then there could be some justification for doing lockdown. But everyone at the CDC had to have known from the very beginning that that vaccine, that very safe, very effective vaccine was not there. And it was not these mRNA vaccines. And so if they wanted to prevent illness, all they had to do was make public health announcement and say, get rid of that, get rid of the obesity that's causing the diabetes and the hypertension that is putting, that is the, the, two, the number two risk factors for, for succumbing to, to um, uh, SARS-CoV-2 infection, followed by lung disease, so stop smoking. And, and that's all they would have had to do. They didn't have to, to spend trillions of dollars on, on vaccines and handing out money to people and, and testing and contact tracing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All they had to do is taste to say people, hey, if you want to wear that mask, that might be a good idea for prevents cheeseburgers getting in your face. But that's about all. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, that's basically <laughs> you, you notice the game. I, I know this is not lost on you. Uh, and I know it's probably, I'm, I'm sure it's not lost on most of my listeners, but do you see the game they're playing now? Is they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because now they've actually admitted, they've actually admitted, and they know people understand that these cloth masks are bullshit, right? So now they've they've moved the they moved the goalpost, right, and said, oh, you need a high. If you look at these advisories now, these latest recommendations, they say a high quality mask, right? Oh so, yeah, yeah. Yes. Remember, remember for remember for a year and a half, they defined high quality masks. Well, they, they mean they mean N95s with the ventilators and stuff, right? With the, well, they don't even say that because now we know that N95s are just as ineffective as cloth masks and just as ineffective as surgery. Right, masks. but Daniel, you and I know for a year for a year and a half they were saying any kind of mask will do. You remember that? Any kind of mask will do. Of any course. kind of mask will do. They were saying any kind of. In fact, in the first, I'd say six months. They were saying you could put you could put like a a, a a hamburger wrapper over your face and it'll be fine. Anything covering your nose, as long as it covers your nose and mouth, it's fine. So they kept on moving the goalposts because they kept on being proven wrong and, and asinine with their recommendations. And now they're in the position where they're basically saying you need it needs to be high quality. And obviously, not everyone's going to have N95. So now I'm just saying it becomes much more difficult now to mandate when they say it must be high quality. Because people simply don't have high quality masks, and, and actually those N95s are pretty fucking expensive. So the fact of the matter is that they put themselves between a kind of a rock and a hard place now of constantly moving the goalposts so far that it's, it's going to be very difficult for them to mandate anything anymore because you, the cloth mask wouldn't count. The cloth mask would not work under their mandate now. So it, it's it's they've got this. They're such morons that it's constantly moving the goalpost has actually taken the power out from under their feet. And I can't understand why people just can't comprehend that they've been wrong so many times. They've been wrong so many fucking times over a pretty short period of time. And yet people continue, some people, not all, but I, look, I'm, I was, I'm sitting, I, I was walking home from the gym tonight and I'm watching one of the city buses I think it was a Chinatown bus going by downtown. 
vaccine. And I took a look inside, and it was a r- r- rush hour. And I must have seen about 40 or 50 people on the bus, and I could not see anyone that didn't have a mask on. Yeah. yeah. And the buses all have their mask-recommended uh, signs on them. That, right. Uh, with, the, with the LEDs, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, one thing that really was really interesting that came out of uh, uh, DeSantis's uh, conference that he had the other day um, with a bunch of health professionals was one study, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the physician, a, a female, um, that talked about uh, halfway through the conference about an interesting study that was done. They wanted to, to because, because you want to, to know whether a, not whether a vaccine just uh, prevents the target disease, um, that, that's, that's good if it does that, but what you ultimately want to know is whether it, uh, it, um, it prevents uh, excess mortality. And so they uh, compared uh, adenovirus vaccination to COVID, to SARS-CoV-2 vaccination. And uh, adenovirus vaccines aren't uh, widely available in public. They're, they're used in, in the military. Um, and so you're talking about an age group, you know, that's between like 18, 19 and 50. And so they had a comparable age group that they, that they studied that was given the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine, vaccination. And they followed to see, um, they followed to see what the excess mortality was in these two groups after a certain period of time. I can't remember which, um, and they found with the adenovirus uh, vaccine that uh, excess mortality was decreased. Uh, it was statistically significant, and the effect size was rather large. With the coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2 uh, vaccine, they found that the effect size was essentially zero. And although it was not statistically significant, it, the effect size was so small, you might as well consider it to be statistically significant. So they, there is there is no there is zero benefit whatsoever with respect to excess mortality to getting a SARS-CoV-2 vaccination. Whereas with most vaccines, most viral vaccines, there is actually quite significant um, excess mortality effects. Not, so not only are you targeting the disease and preventing one from getting that disease, in general, you're increasing their lifespan. That's, that's a great thing. That is not coming from these vaccinations. In fact, there are many studies that are out there that are showing after three to four months, there is negative efficacy with respect to the target uh, disease, negative ef- efficacy. That's not, that's, that's not, that's nothing. That is the world's shittiest vaccine is what that is. Absolutely. It is the world's shittiest vaccine. It's a, and I, I think actually I want to mention this. I think you had mentioned something today about coming after the, going after the people who forced your son to, yeah. uh, and, and some asshole responds to you by saying, listing all these other things and saying, oh, we've all, you have to get, you, you need these shots to get into college forever. What are you talking about, man? You know, yeah. he listed, what he, he listed, you know, he listed measles, mumps, rubella, all those things. And he says, here in California, you need, you have to have all the, you have to have all these, all these vaccines in order to get into college. So what's the big deal about adding the COVID vaccine, man? Yes. Yeah, so you, so, so my, my, my tweet was that, um, it was a heads up to the school administration that uh, school administrators at my uh, sons and daughters universities that forced them to get the SARS-CoV-2 vaccination um, in order to continue their education. And my my uh, um, the exact phrase that uh, to them was, "We're coming for you." 
or I'm coming for you. I mean, yeah. very personal. And, yeah. and so this guy responded with, with this. He didn't make a point. He just listed these vaccinations that every college student in most, at most colleges um, have to have to get in. And I've responded, what's your point? Got one? No, you don't. And, and so he writes back something. I can't remember what he said, but it's absolutely asinine. All of all those vaccinations, most of them are sterilizing. That is, you get the vaccination, you're not going to pass it on, you're not going to get it. Of course. It. Most of them last for your entire lifetime. Yeah, right. Most of them had been tested for decades prior yep. to them being mandated by universities. Yep. Most, most of them, none of them have a negative vaccine efficacy after three to four months. None of them have a broad range of, of uh, adverse effects like SARS-CoV-2 viruses. To compare the MMR and, and DPT type of vac vaccinations, et cetera, to, 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 to this SARS-CoV-2 vaccination is absolutely preposterous. But we, have been, we see people still continue to do this after over a year and a half of, 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 of information that has now come out about these vaccines. It's 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 as though these people um, are living in 2020 still, 2020 still, and they are, 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 have in their imagination that, that this vaccine, this magnificent vaccine that's going to solve all these problems, is just around the corner still. It, it's 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 ridiculous, and all they have to do to, to save themselves is drop the fucking weight. <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting is, I, I, and as I said to the guy, I think I responded, what's next, the seatbelt analogy? Why don't you go with the seatbelt analogy? You know, it's so idiotic. These people have no, once again, it's the inability to critically think, to think, okay, all, it's a vaccine, so all vaccines are the same. And yeah, we, first, of all, I, first of all, I've been to college several times. I've never, ever been asked. And I've been to college here in California. No one's ever asked me for my vaccine passport showing that I've gotten all these shots. What the hell is he talking about? In fact, well, at, at University of California, and, and it's been this way for quite a, for quite a long time, was not when I was in medical school at UCSD, um, we were required to get measles, mumps, valid, uh, the MMR and the DPT. We were required to get both of those. Whether it was true for the entire student body or just the medical school school student body. Yeah, I've never, I I, I've I never in my life been asked... I've been to college in several. I've been to college in New York. I've been to college in Washington State. I've been to college in very liberal places. I've been to college in San Francisco. No one has ever, <laughs> no college admissions ever asked me to show my vaccine passports. I've many, never heard many don't. That, that, many. that shriveled up that that old piece of paper I had when I was an infant that my parents had in the seventies, yep. showing my vaccine yep. schedule yep. thing. Yep. I don't even know where that is anymore. Not, I've never been asked for it as an adult. I've never been asked for it. So yep. what's he talking about? These people have no, they talk out of their asses. They have no, and once again, like you said, those, those, those vaccines, measles, mumps, rubella, those, uh, there was a difference. They worked. They worked. Exactly. But they are required in many universities. When I was in college, they weren't required. When I was in medical school, it was required. Whether it was UCSD's requirement only for medical school students or the entire student population, including undergraduates and other graduate students, I don't recall. But it was required then. And in many, where, do I, where would I even find that record now? Well, many universities for undergraduates, a lot of them require MMR at this point. Whether they require DPT or not, I don't know because you know. You mean I have to get the? You mean I have, I'd have to get the shots all over again? If, if you went to if you went back to school at this point, you would have to prove that you've had the MMR, or you would have to give the shot again. 
I, I don't know if that's what, what. Wait a minute, Daniel. I what do you mean now? You mean now? If I if I went to if I went to college in California now? Yeah. Wait. If I if I registered for courses next year, if they'd ask me for the University of California. Yes. I don't. I don't. I don't know. If you went to Cal State, I don't know what the Cal State universities are requiring. But if you go to University of California, if any one of the what is it seven campuses now, yes. Well, that's that's idiotic. I mean, it's totally. Well, it may be. It may be. It may be idiotic or not. But 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 those vaccines were in an entirely different class of actually effective vaccines. (laughs) Yeah, I I I don't. I just I I don't get it. I'm 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 dumbfounded by the fact that. Uh, adults, you'd, you'd ask adults to do that. I mean, I can remember, I can understand children. Well, most to, people, like, most people get the MMR vaccines when they're young, so they have to have proof of it at the, at the university, or they have to get it. Okay. Once again, I've never experienced that. I guess yeah, I've never yeah, gone to yeah, one of those yeah. seven yeah, universities. Back in, the day, but, yeah. back in the day, it's very likely that they were not requiring. If you went to a state school, it's even more likely that they weren't requiring it. So, right. yeah, you have to go from school to school to school. The requi- the requirements with respect to vaccinations differ from school to school and university system to university system, state to state, et cetera. They're, they're, it's, a, it's a big hodgepodge. Um and you can bet that uh, Florida isn't isn't requiring much of these. Um, no, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, nor no. Kansas or, or a lot of other um, red states. Yeah, because exactly. They, they, they value liberty. They value bodily autonomy. Amazingly, pretty um, much something that that the liberals actually used to, to. Well, liberals still do, but the illiberals of the Democratic Party don't anymore. Right. Um, yeah, this this is preposterous. Um, the, the, you know, when you have the discussions like this, yeah, they, they, with like the, the woman that you're talking about in, in your building today, yeah, it, it you know it can it can be a bit like talking to a crazy person, um, and you and you have to wonder, well, do I go there or not? Well, with me, you know, most of the time I, I will go there if I overhear it, and 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 if it's obvious that they know that I've overheard something. Then I won't. You know, it, it's just like anything else. If someone's talking about sports or something, and and, and I'm not part of their conversation, well, I'm not going to intervene. It's just you know, just polite and it's social standards, you know, to not right. do. But if but if they're talking loud enough that they know you're overhearing, those social standards change. So if I was if someone was talking loud enough and they understood that I was overhearing this, I would feel welcome to turn to them and saying, "Look, um, there's some things that you don't understand about this disease." Um, and this and, and this virus and and what I can under, what I can see from listening to you is you don't understand the difference between exposure and infection and that's well, very very important. Daniel, I was just I was just thrilled that in San Francisco in my building, full of full of liberal elites. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just thrilled that this woman had not gotten the vaccine. Yeah. And I was really thrilled that the other guy knew they didn't stop the spread. I'm like, wow, we we could be progress. making a little bit of progress here. Yeah, we, we could be making a little bit of progress here. And none of them had masks on. So there you go. Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yep. 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 Thank you. Have thanks. a good night. Thanks. Okay. Um, so <laughs> uh, transitioning to the liberals other obsession with censorship. Representative Nancy Mace, I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter, but there's a clip of her uh interrogating, grilling, uh, Alejandro Calabello, who is basically at the forefront of the hate speech squad, the the left-wing hate speech squad, you know, labeling anything they don't agree with as hate speech and labeling any kind of tweets they don't agree with as hate speech 
and claiming that people on the right have put up horrible tweets that have caused violence and caused people to fear for their lives. So Representative Nancy Mace, um, you can't see what she's doing, but you can. I'll explain what she's doing. She is showing tweets from Alejandro, from Alejandro Caraballo, um, in regards to the Supreme Court justices during the Roe v. Wade thing, and her tweets are absolutely vile. She's basically threatening Supreme Court justice. This is the same person who claims it's the right who puts up tweets that causes people on the left to fear for their lives. That is doing the exact thing. Once again, this is what the left does on everything. They tell, they, they claim you do exactly what they do. They claim you're the authoritarian when they are. So listen to this clip. I'm going to cue this up. Listen to this clip with Nancy Mace. Um, actually, she's actually uh, questioning a, a board of people, a bunch of li liberals who believe that we need to uh, really clamp down on, on, with hate speech, especially on Twitter. And in particular, Alejandra. Carabello. So here's the clip. Is rhetoric on social media a problem and a threat to our democracy, Mr. Ward? Yes, absolutely. Mr. Siegel? Yes. Ms. Caraballo? Yes. Ms. Nomani? Yes. Ms. Tyler? Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> another question I have. Uh, do you believe that rhetoric targeting officials with violence for carrying out their constitutional duties... <clears throat> Um, is a threat to democracy, Mr. Ward. Yes. Mr. Siegel. Yes. 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 <clears throat> All right. Thank you very much. Only a few weeks after the attempted attack on a Supreme Court justice on June 25th, one of the witnesses, Alejandro Caraballo, tweeted out the following in response to a decision on abortion overturning Roe v. Wade. And I'll quote directly from the tweet. The six justices who overturned Roe should never no peace again. It is our civic duty to accost them every time they're in public. They are pariahs. Since women don't have their rights, these justices should never have a peaceful moment in public again. I know something about being accosted. The night of January 5th, I was physically accosted on the streets of D.C. in Navy Yard by a constituent of mine. I fervently blamed rhetoric rhetoric on social media, rhetoric at public events, for being physically accosted. I carry a gun everywhere I go when I am in my district and I'm at home because I know personally that rhetoric has consequences. I've had my car keyed. I've had my house spray painted. I had someone trespass in my house as recently as August. I've been doxxed on social media about where I live. Um, and I've had to add to security everywhere I go, often because I can't afford it. I have to carry my own firearm wherever I go. And um, Alejandra Caraballo also recently tweeted on November 19th, not even a month ago, that the Supreme Court, vested with the judicial power of the United States by our Constitution, stated they are not a legitimate court issuing decisions. And also the Supreme Court is an organ of the far right. So my last question today of Ms. Caraballo, do you stand by these comments, this kind of rhetoric on social media, and do you believe it's a threat to democracy? Thank you, Representative, for the opportunity to clarify and provide context to my tweets. <clears throat> um, and I have a question, is it yes or no? Do you believe your rhetoric is a threat to democracy when you're calling to accost a branch of government, the Supreme Court? I don't believe that's a correct uh, 
characterization of my statements. Uh, did you not tweet that, that you thought that the Supreme Court justices should be accosted? Did what I'm saying is that, that, that is no. not an accurate ca characterization of my statements. On June 8th of this year, a man was arrested near Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home in Maryland. He told law enforcement officers he wanted to kill, kill a Supreme Court justice. He was found um, uh, with uh, a knife, with a pistol, two magazines, ammunition, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, crowbar, and duct tape. Ms. Carbile. On page 12 and 13 of your written testimony, you painted concerned parents as having been infiltrated by white nationalists and far-right militia groups, which played a significant role in school board protests. This is not, this has not actually been my experience with concerned parents. In your testimony, you wrote that in Loudoun County, Virginia, unfounded rumors that spread in local parent groups on Facebook about an alleged trans student sexually assaulting a girl in a bathroom led to a firestorm. Of, of several heated school board protests that descended into violence. But in fact, the perpetrator, it actually turned out, had committed two sexual assaults at two different Loudoun County schools in 2021 and was arrested on October 7th, 2021 by the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office. These weren't unfounded rumors, as you suggest. It actually turns out law enforcement had to act because a sexual assault occurred. So, giving this, I'm assuming that until now you were unaware of, of what happened here, and you're going to update your testimony for the committee. Is that correct? So, this is basically this Alejandra Carabayo. She is the one who's telling the lie that people on the right are putting up all these tweets that incite violence, as the left likes to say, whenever you disagree with them, that you're inciting violence as hate speech. And she's the one who is the most hateful especially during the Roe v. Wade thing. And what does she keep saying, as Nancy Mays Grill says? She keeps saying, you're misinterpreting, you're misinterpreting. Well, this fucking idiot doesn't understand that that's the whole point of free speech, you see. Is that who decides who interprets what? Yet she can decide. If I write something, if I write, oh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk writes something as simple as, my pronouns are, prosecute Fauci. And right away, they label that as hate speech because they say he's making fun of pronouns, which engenders uh, trans people, makes no fucking sense, and that he's saying prosecute Fauci, which endangers Fauci, which makes no fucking sense. Yet she writes that the Supreme Court justice should not be able to have a quiet moment, a moment outside in public where they can actually function in society. In other words, she's saying, go up to them and annoy them, bother them, do bad things to them. Don't let them have any peace. That's okay. That's not hate speech. That's not inciting violence. Now, what she may have meant when she said, you're misinterpreting my thing, my, uh, if you want to give her the benefit of the doubt, is she simply saying you should always protest this kind of idea? You know, tell them that you think they're wrong. Okay, that's free speech. That's fine. That's not uh, that's not violent. I see Kavanaugh. And I say, hey, you know, you know, uh, Mr. Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, Your Honor, whatever the fuck you would call them, <laughs> I think you're wrong on this. I think you might want to rethink this. This is my opinion. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But that's the whole point of free speech, and that's all. That's what's so ridiculous about all this stuff, is that you have people on the left doing the same thing, or actually much, much worse. What she said can be interpreted much worse than what Elon Musk said about Fauci. 
And that that's the whole point of free speech. Who is the arbiter of that? Who decides? Who interprets that what you're doing is, 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 uh, is, is, uh, is, is inciting violence? That what you're do, what you're saying is hate speech. The U.S. Constitution, as I said yesterday, is absolute when it talks about freedom of speech. And as Nancy May says, she has, to, she has to walk around with a gun, the freedom to own a gun to protect yourself, to defend yourself. It's absolute. The state cannot infringe on those rights. It doesn't say certain people can decide. And the whole idea of free speech, of protecting free speech in the First Amendment, is to protect the most heinous speech. It's not to protect milquetoast speech. Free speech isn't, I like hamburgers, I like cheese on my hamburger. What the fuck is a fuck? It's to, it's to protect the most extreme speech. That's the idea of freedom of speech. That's the idea of the First Amendment. Yes, lines are crossed, but Congress, legislators, have made laws regarding where the line is crossed. You make a threat against a president, you make a, a direct threat against someone, the FBI can come in, the FBI can give you a visit. There are laws on the books that were legislated, not dictated by schmucky leftists like Arabayo, not dictated by wannabe dictators on Twitter or wannabe authoritarians like Gavin Newsom. No, no, there were real laws that were legislated. You know, like none of the COVID quote unquote laws were ever legislated. They were just dictated. They were dictates by authoritarian leaders, by fascists. That's not the way this country works, folks. That's not the way the U.S. Constitution was written. Laws, the legislative body, the legislature, in case you haven't been to one of those colleges that require you to have your measles vaccine record, the, 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 the legislative bodies are the ones who make the laws. Here we go. There are three branches of government. Professor Kachapoli has entered the room. There are three branches of government, all right? There's the executive branch, let's say the president of the United States. There's the you know what? We'll even do it in the governor's. Let's say Gavin Newsom, the executive, the Gavin Newsom. All right. Then there's the legislative branch. It's Congress federally, or it's the uh, <clears throat> it's the legislature in Canada, in the state legislature, or the city council. Let's say in a city or a board of supervisors. And then there's the judicial branch: the federal judges, the Supreme Court justices, the city, whatever. It is, any any justices, right? That's the judicial branch. The legislative body, whether it be Congress or the Board of Supervisors or the state legislature, they make the laws. They are elected to be the lawmakers. They make laws. The executive branch, be it Joe Biden, be it Gavin Newsom, Ron DeSantis, they protect those laws. They enact those laws that were made by the legislature, not them. The judicial branch, be it federal justices or state justices or the Supreme Court, they overlook the whole system. And if there's something that's illegal about something the executive does, something illegal about the legis- something a law the legislative body makes, then they can overrule it. And the Supreme Court is the final say. So if I'm a legislator, if I'm a legislative body, and I decide that interracial marriage should be illegal... Let's talk about that for a second, because we're going to transition to that nonsense. And I, I and let's say we have a nutty legislative body who does it, makes a law that interracial marriage is illegal. 
I, that can be sued. That could be taken to the court and the court can overrule and say, no, that is against the Constitution. That is unconstitutional. We are striking down that law. The end. That's the way this works. That's the way this whole thing works, folks. If you don't like it, you got a couple of choices. You can move somewhere else that doesn't have a constitution and doesn't do things this way. Or you can fight to change the laws. You can fight to change the amendment. You can there have been amendments, right? There have been amendments. We've amended the constitution before. You can you can rally, you can lobby. But you cannot pretend these things don't exist. That's not your right. You can't pretend these things don't exist. You can't act as though they don't exist. And that's what governors like Gavin Newsom did during COVID. They acted as though the Constitution doesn't exist. They acted as though there's no U.S. Constitution, there's no state Constitution in California. They acted as though it doesn't exist. They acted as though the executive is the lawmaker. The executive is not the lawmaker. They enact the laws the legislative bodies make. That's the way it works. It's called checks and balances, folks. And that's what we didn't have for three years. We didn't have that for three years. We didn't have it because of fear, hysteria, and stupidity. I hope you like my history class, my my constitution class. And you see, you don't have to show me your 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 vaccine passport in order to take this class. Oh my goodness! It, it's but what they rely on, what dictators like Gavin Newsom, what, what assholes like Alejandro Caraballo rely on, is the ignorance of the people not to understand this stuff. That one person can say, you close your, you, I can tell you to close your business for a year. You must do it. That one person can say, oh, I decide if that's hate speech. I decide if that's inciting violence and it could be, should be taken down or you should be eliminated. No, not the way it works here, folks. Not the way it works in the United States of America. Not the way it works in a free country. Not the way it works in a democracy. And so Nancy Mace exposed her for the hypocrite she is, because the left is, what Nancy Mace did was wonderful, but it was also easy. Because the left is such, they're such hypocrites. They're so easy to get. They're so easy. So think about that. You're a person like this woman, and there are others, we're picking on her now, but there are others just like her, who say this, who say, oh no, hate speech, we have to stop hate speech, we got to do this, do that. We have to eliminate these accounts, whatever it may be. The old Twitter was the good way, right? And yet they're doing it. So think about it. They know they've done this. So either they think they're not going to get caught or they think they're not doing it. These tweets were there. And, you know, <laughs> what I love is as they have in these hearings, you know, they blew them up, right? Those big placards, <laughs> like a big, big poster of the tweet. <laughs> they're there. They don't understand that. Or are they just so caught up in their incredible elitism and power, hunger for power, they just don't care? Or they think they have the right to say a Supreme Court justice better wash their back, but I don't have the right to say Fauci should be prosecuted.
they truly believe this. They have the they believe they have the right to say the Supreme Court justice, the five or six, whatever it was, who voted on the other side, who voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, better watch their backs forever in public. Never don't deserve another moment of peace in public. They think that's okay. But Elon Musk saying my pronouns are prosecute Fauci is horrible hate speech. Arrest him, take Twitter away from him, do whatever you have to. They're insane. They're absolutely insane. It's sick out there and it's getting so much sicker. It's sick out there and it's getting so much sicker. They write about medium COVID. They write long COVID is killing people. They write these lies, these absolute fundamental lies. They are lies. It's very simple to catch these people like Nancy Mace did. Show what they've written and then Ask them for evidence. Show me the evidence. Would they say I'm from Missouri? Show me. And you can catch them. You can catch them in their bullshit of saying we're doing exactly what they're doing, and they're doing it so much, t- so many times worse. They're doing it so much worse than we are. So much worse than we are. And like I said, that is the slippery slope of looking into other people's words and twisting them and deciding they mean this or they mean that. Is that you're going to get caught, just like Alejandra Caraballo got caught in her own game. She got caught. Okay, so there's Fauci. You know, like I said, what DeSantis is doing, going back to his looking into Big Pharma and the vaccines, is once again, oh, by the way, before I forget, before I forget, from what I understand, I, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing, I'll look more into it, that Elon Musk is, has anyone heard that he's, he's moving Twitter? That he's actually going to move the headquarters? No, there have been rumors about this, and we know he's moved other companies, and so many companies have moved out, like, out of California because California doesn't give a shit about the economy. If you're Gavin, News- Gavin Newsom or London Breed, why would you care about the economy? You don't got to worry about the economy. So they, they chase businesses out of California, and they've chased so many businesses out of California, and there were rumors that he was going to move Twitter out, but now I'm hearing substantial things that he's moving. So I don't know if anyone else has heard about this, but is it a surprise? Is it a surprise when they treat business people like shit here? When they close small businesses at will? When they raise taxes? When they make it impossible to have a business here with small or big or medium-sized, like medium COVID, medium-sized business, small, large, no matter what it is, they've chased so many corporations out of here. They've destroyed the economy for virtue signaling, for absolute brownie points and virtue signaling, for cheap votes and virtue signaling. And so San Francisco obviously has run him out by doing these picayune things such as not letting him have beds there for people who want to sleep there who work overtime. Or now I'm hearing they're going after him for not paying the, supposedly the rent hasn't been paid for a few weeks. What kind of bullshit is this? And they don't care that they're driving another huge business, 
another huge economy jobs. Job. He's going to believe me. He fired people. He's going to hire more people. So that once again, no, there'll be no jobs here. There's no business here. There's no economy here. There's no tourism here. And they don't give a shit because they're the liberal elites and they got it all. And they don't care if you suffer. They don't care if you suffer. They are virtue signalers. They get the brownie points by going after Elon Musk. Hey, they drove Elon Musk out. They're heroes. No, you get fucked. They get richer. And they get voted back in by ignorant voters who think they're doing great things. So look more. We got to look more into this because I am hearing that he will leave. And it's obvious he's going to leave. It's just a matter of when. It's just a matter of when. But Elon's also getting a lot of love on Twitter. Have you seen this new thing on Twitter? Uh, oh, here it is. It's an <laughs> Daniel will appreciate this. I don't know if you can see it. If, I don't know if you can see it if you're in dark mode. But it's an orange check mark. Is it orange? Yellow? I think it's orange. The orange check mark, I think, is for official uh, outlets like Fox College Football like MSNBC, like the New York Times, like that kind of stuff. I think official businesses, not people. They're not for people. They're for official businesses and official uh, official publications. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal, orange checkmark. I guess that's okay, right? That's probably where the check marks make the most sense, right? So you know it's not like a parody of the Wall Street Journal, or you know it's not a parody of... Uh, you know, like the New York Yankees or the San Francisco Giants will get an orange check mark. So you know it's actually them and not someone tweeting as them. I'm fine with that. Yeah, the post millennial. I'm seeing more of them now. So here, yeah, Bose. Yeah, so if you're an official company, a publication, you'll get the blue the orange check mark, but the people can only get blue check marks. Individuals can only get blue check marks. I think that makes sense. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Daily B, whatever that is, orange check mark. So you probably have to go through a system, a verification system to verify you're an actual business or entity, and then you can get the orange check mark. I don't think I'm a business or entity yet. I think I'm just a person. Um, yeah, you see, like the last word, which is Lawrence O'Donnell's show on MSNBC, gets an orange check mark. Lawrence O'Donnell can only get a blue check mark. So a person can only get a blue check mark. You must be an official entity to get an orange check mark. Okay, that makes sense to me. I won't complain about that. Um, so look, he's really trying. Uh, in closing the show today, he's, the Washington Post lost twenty percent of their. What did you say? Lost twenty percent of their readership? Is that what you said? Uh, well, doesn't surprise me, you know, at all. Um, he, Musk is really trying. He's really trying to to improve Twitter. I think he has, and I'll talk more about this tomorrow. But I'm noticing many more comments from both the left and right. Even the left, I'm, notice, I'm noticing more comments from the left now. I'm, I'm noticing more tweets from people on the left than I did even with the previous ownership, who we know was far left. So I think he's making this much more fair now. And we're seeing people's tweets more now, and more people are coming back on now. Because simply it's just a more fair system. So now I'm seeing tweets on both sides. I'm, I'm seeing from the right and the left. 
which is the way it should be, which is exactly what he wanted. It's exactly what he said it was going to be. That's exactly what he said it was going to be. That Twitter was going to be a safe space, people, moderates, independents, left, right, whatever it may be, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. It would be a safe place for you to tweet, not be censored, not be banned, not be shadow banned. And I think that's what I'm seeing now. I'm noticing more of it now. I really am. It actually annoys me. I don't want to see these tweets and people on the left, but I am. I'm seeing many more than I did three or four months ago. Many more. I'm seeing lots of criticisms of Musk. So is he censoring people who criticize him? I'm seeing the most vile criticisms of Musk, the most ridiculously dumb clown car criticisms of Musk. And yet they're there for me to see a fan of Elon Musk. I see these tweets. That's what he said he wants Twitter to be. And so I think he's, he's slowly but surely changing it. He's slowly but surely trying to make it fairer, more just, a, a true free and open exchange of ideas and opinions like this show is, like many podcasts are. I think that's what he's trying to change Twitter into. I think he's doing a good job. Let's see where it goes from here. Let's see. Yes, all these thumbs up. Is that is those thumbs up for me or for Elon Musk? This was a slow room tonight. What happened? We were doing so well. We were building up this huge. The last couple of nights, it was filled with fun and frolic. Is it getting to that point now where we're like 10 days away from Christmas and people are starting to travel and I'm going to be all alone here? Just me and me and Daniel and a few others. I, I think it, as we get closer to the 25th, I think we're going to we're going to see and that, that, that horrible week, that week I hate between the 25th and the 1st, the week between Christmas and New Year's is the worst week ever. It's just, I, I don't know. We, maybe we'll just play music that week. Maybe we'll do easy listening that week. I'll play, I'll play records. <laughs> Dating myself. I'll play records. I'll spin some records <laughs> that week. Because I have a feeling that it's going to be a, a rough go the last half of December. Especially that, that, that doldrums week between Christmas and New Year's. Where everyone is, what are they doing? They're just traveling? Are they having fun? Are they actually having a life? People have a life? You're not supposed to have a life. I'll be here. Pot Story Week. Good idea. Then maybe that maybe there'll be Pot Story Week. We'll just have like random shows that week. Five shows of just like random stuff. We talk about like we'll talk about what kind of drugs you've done, what kind of psychedelics, what kind of effect pots had on you. We could do other things too. We could we could we could play clips from movies. I'll play clips from movies. You know, we'll we'll do that kind of stuff. We'll hold the fort until after the first. When will people come out of this? Like the third? January 3rd is a big date, right? Because that's when the Republicans, that's when the Congress changes. The new Congress takes over. Um, and uh, so that'll be a big date. So maybe, and that's when they start showing up again. So hopefully the 3rd, the 4th, the 5th of January, things will start moving again. Then Republicans will start having hearings. I'm really hoping, one thing I could use between now and the end of the month is a good COVID dump on Twitter where we, we, it's revealed how much influence Fauci had on the, the former the former people who ran Twitter. Hopefully that'll come. So that'll, that'll be something that'll excite people. Um, but yeah, Pot Story Week could work, the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, anything else? I'm going to do a last call for callers. Uh, to Daniel, Dan, Daniel, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Um, but I think we will uh, wrap it up tonight with that. And... Uh, just remember, this show airs Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. 
Eastern Time. It's called And Let's Be Heard. I'm Micah Chopley. I want to thank everyone. Thanks for the thumbs up again. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern Sharp.